seven. Have you ever pondered the question within your heart, what does it mean when Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father who is in heaven? Do you remember at the Last Supper before Jesus went away, he promised his disciples that he would come again unto them. But before he introduced the person and power of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, verse 10 tells us, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, the same work shall he do also. Only greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father who is in heaven. Hello, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I want to speak to you specifically about secrets of yielding to the Holy Spirit, how you can become a vessel used of God, and what does it actually mean to be used of God? How do the gifts of the Spirit operate in an individual? What does the scripture mean when the scripture says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power? Well, if you stay with us, I want to address some of these issues, especially for those that are so hungry for the deep things of God. Those of you who desire a new Pentecost, join us today on this program and we pray God will do a new work in your life. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Notice doing good is healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now, beloved, I want you to understand what did Jesus mean when Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. He that believeth on me, John chapter 14, verse 10, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father who is in heaven. Now, if you were with us in the previous podcast, you understand that at the last supper, Jesus introduced the person and the power of the Holy Spirit to the 12. Why? Because Jesus has just commissioned them to continue his works, to continue the works that he did here on earth. Now, I want you to know this is what they've been trained for. This is not something new. This is not something that Jesus just decided to do at the last minute. I want you to know from the very beginning, Jesus began to train the 10, then the 70, and at the Great Commission, the same words were given. I'm going to explain to you the three different levels of the works that Jesus imparted to his disciples to do on his behalf in his name. And I want you to understand that these works are definitely the supernatural works because we see from the very beginning, it was never the intention of Jesus to send his disciples without the power of the supernatural. From the very beginning, Mark's gospel tells us in the third chapter, 
that when he ordained the twelve, he sent them forth to preach, and they immediately began with signs, wonders, and miracles. And we see in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, and he called his twelve unto him, and he sent them forth to preach and to cast out unclean spirits. I want you to know from the very beginning, this was the commission of the 12. Then if we move into Luke's gospel, we see in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says he called unto him the 70. So we move from the 12 and it graduates to a larger number of people that he's going to commission with the same commission to move forward in the supernatural, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out devils, and to do these supernatural works. And we see that in Luke chapter 10, verse 6, after he commissions the 70, he says to them, heal the sick. And then, beloved, we see at the end of Mark's gospel, we do not see an inconsistency. I want to state here, any person who believes that Jesus is sending his disciples forward to preach in his name without signs following does not understand that the scripture in its consistency has presented to us a full gospel, meaning, beloved saints, that the gospel is not fully the gospel without the supernatural added into it. We see this in the commissioning of the 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Mark chapter 3, verse 14, Mark chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Luke now in the larger expansion beyond the 12 into the 70, chapter 10, verses 6, and also 10 in their casting out of devils. And then particularly the Great Commission. Matthew's version of the Great Commission does not add the supernatural. However, Mark's version of the Great Commission, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Verse 17 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues and they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Notice the consistency. Beloved saints, we cannot take one scripture out of context. There is nowhere in the word of God that teaches us that we, uh, that the 12, that the 70, or that the great commission includes no more signs and wonders. As a matter of fact, that theology and that a presentation is nowhere in the scripture. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that uh, after five years, these works will cease. We do know in 1 Corinthians 13, let's not take things out of context. The Bible says, whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Knowledge is going to pass away when the perfect comes. So what does that mean? That means that when love comes, when we get to heaven, when the perfect comes, that means when we are in heaven with Jesus, we are not going to need anything supernatural because 
because we've already gotten there. But I want you to see the consistency. It begins in Matthew 10, 1. Then it goes uh, into uh, Mark's gospel in the third chapter. And then it goes in Mark's gospel in the sixth chapter in the seventh and eighth verse. And then it goes into Mark's gospel in the Great Commission, also with signs, wonders, and miracles. And then it goes into Luke's gospel, the 10th chapter, and all of the 70 being commissioned and sent forth. And then it goes into the gospel according to John. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. John 14, verse 10. And then it continues in the book of Acts so that we might understand why the Holy Spirit was given. The Holy Spirit was not given so we could feel good. The Holy Spirit was not given just so we can speak in tongues. Speaking in an unknown tongue is a sign of being filled with the Spirit. But the Spirit has been given to be able to continue the works of Jesus. This is consistent all throughout the scripture and to present uh, the going forth without the presentation of signs, wonders, and miracles, I find inconsistent with the gospel. So we must uh, we must understand that there is a consistency that we must cohere to what the scripture says continually in all of the gospels, including the book of Acts, so that we might also interpret the book of Acts correctly. We don't want to interpret the book of Acts and just say, well, praise God, they were in the upper room they received the Holy Ghost. They spoke in other tongues. Now what do we do? We must understand that that giving of the Holy Spirit was a submerging into the supernatural. The 120 were baptized in the Spirit. And we must understand what that means. That means they went forth from the upper room to proclaim the gospel. This is why Jesus said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Please understand what is being said here. Notice Luke, who is the author of Acts. He is also the author that bears the name, the gospel that bears his name. Notice Luke is always identifying the Holy Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost with power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus said, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Notice the key words, Holy Ghost and power. What does this mean? This means the believer that receives the baptism in the spirit. And again, I want us to stay consistent with the scripture. I do not want us, beloved, to take one scripture here, one scripture there, and and then just try to search and fish for scriptures to make a doctrine. No, it is very simple. The scripture is consistent. It is consistent in every gospel. We see John the Baptist in his message both in Luke's gospel and also in John's gospel. We see John the Baptist presenting Jesus 
as the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. I want you to see that the baptism of John was just a foreshadowing. This is why in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John says, I truly baptize you with water, but one is coming mightier than I who shoe latch it. I am not worthy to unloose and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost in and fire whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And the Bible says he will gather the wheat into the garner, but the fire he will burn, but the chaff he will burn in fire unquenchable. What does this mean, beloved saints? This means that the chaff that is going to be burnt in the fire unquenchable is the is the work of the spirit. And we must understand beloved saints, when we are seeing these texts that John the Baptist tells us that the one upon whom you see the spirit of God descend and remain is he that baptizes in the Holy Ghost. So we see John's baptism was just a foreshadow to foreshadow and prepare the way for another baptism. We cannot be unscriptural. We cannot just adopt to what we've always been taught by our traditions. We must stick to the Bible. And I want to show you from the Bible, it is totally unscriptural to say that baptism in the Holy Spirit is not in the word. It is totally unscriptural to say that Jesus does not want every believer baptized in the spirit. I want you to understand this is why Jesus went away. Jesus said to the 120 on the day that he was taken up in Acts chapter one, verse four, the Bible says he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs saying in verse four, John or verse five, Jesus said, uh, going back up in the context of verse four, Wait for the promise of the Father that you have heard of me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So beloved, what is this baptism in the Holy Spirit? Some of you may say, I have friends who spoke in tongues, but I'm kind of afraid. I don't know if it's really real. Well, I have just given you scriptural evidence. I have just shown you from the word of God that this is a scriptural experience that Jesus has ordained that we would receive so that when we go forward to minister in his name, we are going to continue his works, that we might go forward with his works, with signs following. This is why he said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my father. And this is why Jesus said in, in Mark's gospel, in the 16th chapter, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Speaking in an unknown tongue is a specific sign of the post-resurrection. And we must understand this. And the signs that Jesus is giving, man cannot do on his own. What he called us to preach the gospel with are signs. Why? Because the Holy Spirit works with us. We don't do all the work. 
work. We have a partner with us. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, and we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. I want you to understand something. We are the witnesses and so is the Holy Spirit, meaning we're a team. We work together with the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important when you go out on your mission, that you go out on your mission with the Holy Spirit and never leave him behind. Always follow his leading. And this is why, beloved saints, when we speak about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power, I want you to see this. Let's go to Luke's gospel. And we are going to look, beloved saints, at Luke chapter 4. I want you to see this magnificent scripture that teaches us how Jesus yielded himself to the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see how Jesus was a vessel completely yielded to the Holy Spirit. That's how we should be, beloved saints. And that's why this is written. Written, of course, by Luke, who was an eyewitness, not only of Paul's ministry, but an eyewitness who traveled with Paul, who knew Jesus through the Holy Spirit uniquely and knew Jesus in the post-resurrection period. No Luke was not one of the 12, but he was a convert through Paul the Apostle in Paul's missionary journeys. Here we see in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Beloved, I want to break this apart. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. First of all, I want you to look at this Greek word, pleris. This Greek word, pleris, in biblical times was used to be full, was often used in a sentence or in a conversation that re referred to a hollow vessel being filled with a substance, whether that vessel was earth, filled with earth, or whether that vessel was filled with a substance that was liquid. Now, I want you to see something. The Bible tells us that in the upper room, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice, filled with the Holy Ghost. And notice here in Luke, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. We have the same language used with Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. And that same language is being used with the upper room. The upper room, meaning the 120 were filled the same way Jesus was. And I want you to understand the language that was used in the upper room is the same language that Luke is using here. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. This word full, as we said a moment ago, is the word pleuris, which was a word in in the Greek language, which meant a hollow vessel being filled. Now, 
Jesus being emptied of himself. I want you to understand Jesus did not need to empty himself. He is God. But yet the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter two, verses one through five, let this mind also be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation. I want you to see when the scripture says he made himself no reputation in the Greek language, it means he emptied himself. So I want you to understand here what is happening. Jesus emptied himself of himself. He did not need to do this. He is God. And we are not speaking about Jesus emptying himself in his divine nature. He was still God the whole time he was here on earth to say that he emptied himself of his divine nature is heresy. He was fully God and fully man. So how did he empty himself? He emptied himself as a man. As a man, he is yielded to the Holy Spirit to be the Mashiach, the anointed one of Israel. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. So we must understand as a man, he yielded himself. As a man, he emptied himself of himself. This is why Jesus says in Mark's gospel, excuse me, John's gospel, in the fifth chapter and the 30th verse of myself, I can do nothing. But as I hear, I judge. It is, I do all things through the will of my father. It is the works of my father in me. So we must understand that Jesus emptied himself of himself. So what does this mean? Jesus emptied himself of his own will. Jesus emptied himself of his own wants. And this is how the spirit filled him. When the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, meaning there was a way the spirit of God operated in Jesus. And the same way that the spirit of God operated in Jesus, if we look at the words of Luke in a hermeneutical sense of scripture, and we see how the Bible says Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost was led by the spirit of God into the wilderness. And we see Luke's gospel or Luke teaching us in Acts chapter two, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We are seeing the New Testament church being filled with the Spirit and we seeing Jesus being filled with the Spirit so that we understand that the same Holy Spirit that operated in Jesus is now given to us. And this is why Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, the same work shall he do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father who is in heaven. But the secret here now, the secret is the secret of the surrender of Jesus. That as a man, he surrendered. He surrendered his will. He surrendered his wants. As a matter of fact, if we look at the baptism of Jesus and we see that Jesus went to the river Jordan in in Matthew's gospel to be baptized of John. John tells Jesus, I have need to be baptized of thee and you baptize me. 
and you are being baptized of me? And Jesus said, suffer it to fulfill all righteousness. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and the spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. The question arises, why? Beloved saints, this is because of the humility of Jesus. You see, beloved saints, Jesus did not need to be baptized. John was right. I need to be baptized of thee. What was he referring to? He was referring to the baptism that Jesus gives to every believer, which is baptism in the Holy Spirit. No, your pastor cannot baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He can baptize you in water, all right, but he cannot baptize you in the Holy Ghost. The only one who can baptize you in the Holy Ghost is Jesus himself. So we must understand, beloved, that when Jesus came up out of the water, his humility was so profound that the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended upon this profound humility that was so great upon him that the Spirit of God remained and rested. Now, beloved saints, I pray that coming up in these series, that you will learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, how to surrender to the Spirit the way Jesus did. I pray, beloved, as you hear these series, that you would operate in the supernatural the same way Jesus did, because he said, greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Comforter cannot come to you. Beloved, I believe today Jesus is anointing many of you that are listening to this podcast. And I believe today that there are many of you very similar to Peter. There is an anointing upon you. It's the rooftop anointing. The Lord is telling me just as Peter in the midst of the day when he was hungry, went up to the rooftop and began to pray. And the Bible tells us that Peter had a vision and it was a vision of a white sheet coming down from heaven with four footed creatures upon it. And the voice said, arise, kill and eat. I want you to know there is someone listening to this podcast that God is going to take you beyond yourself, beyond your culture. He's going to take you beyond what you are used to in your customs as far as the anointing goes and even your customs of ministry. God is telling me that you are going to break out of the box, that he's going to pour new wine into new wineskins. The Lord is telling me that for some of you, he has to work on us because we're stuck in our format or we're stuck in the way we've always done things. Or precious beloved, we are stuck in prejudice saying God cannot use those people or those people are people I would never have fellowship with in a million years. Oh, that's what Peter thought. Oh, that's what Peter thought until God gave him the vision 
and the voice came from heaven saying, arise, kill and eat. And the Bible tells us this happened three times. And the voice of the Holy Spirit came and said, arise, get down for three men seek thee, nothing doubting. You see, sometimes we doubt and I feel that anointing upon someone today. You are getting that rooftop anointing that Peter had. God is going to break some of the religious strongholds, self-righteous strongholds that we've had over our mind that said, God can't use this group of people. I'll never go against what I've been taught. I'll never go against my theology. Oh, beloved, sometimes we have to unlearn our theology in order to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Now, beloved, if you have joined us today, I invite you to go to mydayofdestiny.com. And on mydayofdestiny.com, you can access other podcasts and specifically the series on the Holy Spirit and the series on the Pentecost after the pandemic. Don't miss it. God wants to give it to you. You can download these and you can also order my book, Secrets of the Anointing. I invite you to get it. It will tell you how many times when I was very young, I had to listen to the Holy Spirit. It didn't make sense, but God did great wonders and signs and miracles all over the world, including smuggling Bibles into the People's Republic of China. So I invite you, mydayofdestiny.com. Also, beloved, I want to invite you to become a partner with us. When you become a partner, you become a partaker of our grace. That means the anointing that is on this ministry comes upon you because you partner with us. You become a yoke fellow and laborer, fellow laborer with us in the gospel. Our projects, our missionary projects are vast and many, particularly our work in the third world to nations that are undernourished, nations that have need of feeding programs, orphan programs, water wells, and so many other tremendous works for the marginalized and the persecuted and also for those that are greatly impoverished. You can do this by going to our other website, breathofthespirit.org, and you can go to the donate button and sow a seed for worldwide evangelism in our global international missions that feed the poor every single day around the world, helping the marginalized, especially the Christians in India, in Pakistan, in the Philippines, in so many countries of the world. You will be so blessed to be a Hesed partner. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you real soon.